Good afternoon. It is 2 p.m. Uh, Saturday, November the 7th, and I am Leon Davis, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment, the weekly podcast about people, politics, and professions. I want to thank you very much for joining me today. Um, we're going to talk about a couple of things. Today's show is about minding your manners. Um, etiquette is the complex network of rules that govern good behavior and our social and business interactions. And it is always evolving and changing as society changes. It reflects our cultural norms, generally accepted ethical codes, and the rules of various groups that we belong to. It helps us show respect and consideration to others and makes others glad that we are with them. Without proper manners and etiquette, the customs of polite society would soon disappear and we would act more like animals and less like people. Aggressiveness and an every man for himself attitude would take the lead. And that's from an article entitled The Importance of Etiquette. We're going to talk about etiquette and more. So stay with us. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Well, uh, we are back. How you doing, Leonard? All right, Leon, how are you and the rest of the guests doing? <laughs> well, I can tell you about how I'm doing. As far as our guests go, we'll find out if they leave us a comment. Uh, and I'm glad you mentioned that. So I want to make sure that everyone knows that you can actually participate in the conversation. You can actually participate um, video uh, or you can join just audio if you're a shy person and maybe you're in your PJs and you don't want to be seen, but you do want to be able to um, add your comments. Um, so you can go to our my website, our website, the Lions Den forward slash home. And there's a link on there and then you can join the conversation. Um, also, if you go to our YouTube channel or the uh, Facebook page, you can type your comments in. Oh, we're also on Twitch. So you can type your comments in and we will try to address your comments as best we can. Uh, so I appreciate everyone um, you know, tuning in today. Um, one of the things that, well, let me do this first. Um, Warren is gonna try to get to, he had a last minute emergency, he's gonna try to show up. And I was going to try to hold the conversation because he wanted to, to weigh in on the presidential election. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we're going to start there and hopefully he can join us before we move on. But um, so, so go ahead and give me your take on the current or the, the presidential election. Well, our current president was upset with the way it was going. But the way it was going was of his own doing. Uh, the 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 delays and the time it took was by his own making. Him messing with the postal service uh, was the big front. Now, CBS News this morning declared Joe Biden the winner because Joe Biden has won Pennsylvania, and with the rest of the states that were left without Pennsylvania. Trump could not get to 270 votes. And 
I was happy that the buffoon is not going to be the first image of America that the rest of the world continues to see. Uh, it's there's a lot we could do a whole show on that by itself. Sure, I understand. We're just going to take a few minutes take- to do that. So, so, so my, my take on it. That's my take on the election. Okay, so my take on it was, um, I I agree with you that I thought it it was more hair raising than it should have been. Um, I, I calling into question, um, you know, mail in voting when he was an actual mail in voter, um, and his wife was also a mail in voter. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. creating this difficulty around the whole process where and maybe it was a good thing that um, company or um, states took additional measures to ensure that mailing voting was, you know, um, better policed and more efficient. Um, some of the things that I, I it was it was great to see. So, so the Biden campaign received more votes than any other campaign in the history of presidential politics. And that says a lot that people got so motivated with, you know, going to vote um, that, you know, probably people who didn't even uh, vote during uh, Obama's years decided to, you know, mm-hmm. participate in the vote. I didn't, I don't know for sure that that was how the, uh, the count fell out. But, um, so it was interesting from that aspect. Um, the other aspect mm-hmm. was, um, is, is, so I, I looked at the uh, historic value of uh, the Biden uh, election win in that um, for the first time we will have uh, a woman as part of the two top offices in the country and uh, a woman of color uh, in the um, in the second office uh, second highest office uh, in in the country so I think it, that you know those two historics uh, are significant now there are a lot of people who aren't impressed. So, so Kamala didn't win over uh, as big a majority of the um, minority population as I, I, I thought she might have. Um, and and Trump, and which was interesting to me, increased his turnout of black the black male vote. You know, how, how did you see that? Uh, I knew, well, that's what he kept bragging about. And then when you seen some big black stars come out for Trump, like Ice Cube, Lil Wayne, uh, now, 50 Cent. Now, my understanding that Ice Cube didn't support Donald Trump, what Ice Cube did was he put together his um, contract with the black community and um, Joe Biden said, we'll talk to you after the, after the election. And Trump said, Hey, we'd like to talk to you now. 
And so Ice Cube said, okay, then we'll talk. You know, if, you, if you're going to talk to me now, then I'll talk to you now. Um, and so I, I don't think he was an actual supporter of Donald Trump. Okay. Uh, and then in the case of, in the case of uh, 50 Cent, um, it seemed he was not necessarily a supporter of Donald Trump as he was of, uh, he wanted to hang on to his money. And so anybody that told him that he could hang on to more money, he was going to vote for. He would have voted for, um, and I hate to say this, he, he would have voted for practically anybody that said, hey, we're not going to raise your taxes. You're going to keep more of the, the money that you're making. So so I don't know if it, he was a real supporter of Donald Trump. Well, here's the thing with uh, tax money and all that. One of the biggest things that the rich are taking advantage of was the lowering of uh, uh, the taxes that you had to pay like if you an investor, capital gains tax. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was the capital gains Bill tax. Clinton. I'm sorry, was the capital gains that tax a part? Clinton. Oh, yeah, but that, that wasn't a part of, of um, Donald Trump's tax, uh, tax break, right? You're right, it wasn't. But I'm just saying the ironic thing is all these people that get money that's talking about tax. Uh, and what they could never say was we didn't do well under a Democratic president because Clinton uh, coughed into him and, mm -hmm. and, and gave him that. Mm -hmm. uh, and 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 just so you know, so so that was ironic. And then you say you keep saying it's the Republicans that protect money. It's the Republicans that got to see this healthcare crisis that we're in. Mm -hmm. That's going to be paid for. This medical crisis we was in, mm -hmm. they were the ones that fought and wouldn't and wouldn't let it go nowhere. We're giving no support, and the number one cause of bankruptcy in this country was people getting sick and having these huge medical bills, and that's what the Affordable Care Act was for. <coughs> Excuse me, mm -hmm. to give all of to give everybody a chance to not being taken out. Mm -hmm. By medical bills, uh, so got a lot of people that still don't support it because they hate where the country's going. They look at the demographics and they hate the demographics. So, so my my issue with uh, Fifty Cent. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk, you know, just quickly. What I I didn't read the full story about Fifty Cent support of Donald Trump, but the mm -hmm. but the headline that he was. Supporting Donald Trump because he because he wasn't going to pay more in taxes. Um, Donald Trump was more than just a tax break for Fifty Cent. There were other things that he was doing that was impacting uh, other Americans negatively, impacting other Americans. Um, mm -hmm. And and one of the things that you mentioned was the health crisis. So to, to say that I'm going to put my finances above people's health, I'm going to put my finances above, you know, I'm, I'm making so much money, you know, he, 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 he's making so much money that, that even if his taxes went up, he'd still be able to eat, he'd still be able to pay his bills. 
you know, he, he'd still be able to do the things. So what he's saying is, you know, I'm going to ignore all of the pain that other people are suffering. And I'm going to support this individual because, because that person is going to make my life easier. Mm-hmm. He didn't mention, you know, the people, the other people in his, you know, the people that work for him. Um, they're going to be negatively impacted if if Trump stays in office and he gets to keep his taxes. So that was the issue I had with uh, with the 50 cent endorsement of Donald Trump. Um, but but all of that's passed now. Um, the other the other thing about the election that I thought was significant was how you doing there, uh, big guy? Fellas. Hey, Warren. Hey. So, I'm here. so the other thing, I got you, I got you. So the other thing that, um, the other thing that, that, uh, that was significant about the election was Donald Trump increased his support by 500 million. I think it was no 500 million, 500,000 or so, um, people that voted for him that didn't vote for him before. So even after all of the uh, the circus and the pomp and circumstance of the past four years, um, you know, they wanted more of that. So, you know, going down the road, what is the likelihood that we're going to be able to find some level of peace in our country, um, you know, because because we are so divided? You want to well, jump in there, Warren? Say your piece I... on... What do you think about the election? Uh, you know, like, I, I apologize for being late, first of all. But let me say this. I've been thinking about this ever since, or even before they called the election. After the election, the divide or whatever was they want to call it is still there. Nobody's changed their mind as far as how they feel. And I hear the Democrats talking about unite, unite. And I'm like, how? How are you going to unite with people where you had totally polar opposite views and um, the emotions, the the racism, the hatred, uh, the issues, the political issues that divide us aren't budging. You know, it's I don't know what what's going to happen. I can't really say. I, I I just think the divide is real and it's not budging right now. Okay. Well, uh, go ahead. I think one I last think it's gonna we'll get everybody I one last comment and then we're gonna move on, okay? Okay. All right. I think it'll stay the way it was, especially if the two runoff elections don't go the way the Democrats don't want them, uh the the way the Democrats want them to go in Georgia. Mitch McConnell will still run the Senate and he'll do all the same halting of everything and stopping of everything that he did under Obama, Biden. He'll he'll bring those same practices back to Biden-Harris if he gets control of the Senate. Okay, Warren, did you have another comment before we move on? Well, I think at the end of the day, politically speaking, no matter who's in power, say the Democrats get all the power they want. I don't think they're going to be able to legislate 
uh, the other side's uh, point of view or their um, their ideology, their morality or lack thereof. I don't think they're going to legislate that away. So, so my final comment on this, at least for this uh, segment, is um, Donald Trump's presidency to me was a stress test for democracy, for our democracy. After four years and all of the antics and all of the behavior and all of the, um, you know, legal ramifications that are going to come down the future so far, our fragile democracy has withstood Donald Trump and that kind of behavior. And this election um, proved that to some degree, we are still trying to hold on to um, some of the core beliefs about how we govern ourselves. And so I'm really uh, optimistic about it. I understand that we're gonna have those fights going in the future because we have different ideas. But um, at this particular point, it was, I think, a huge victory for our way of government. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna talk about uh, minding your manners. Experience Altitude Adjustment, a weekly podcast about people, politics, and professions. It's built around user interaction, so join the conversation by visiting the Lions Den stl.wixsite.com forward slash home. I think I put, I think, I think you guys, I meant to put you guys microphone on mute and I think I put my microphone on mute, <laughs> but I'll have to get used to, I have to get used to making sure that, that we do this. So that's, that was the whole recent point of doing that. Hopefully, um, so, so that people know the intent here is to make this podcast self-supporting, uh, right now, um, uh, Leonard and, and Warren and I foot all of the bills for the podcast and hopefully if it matters to you um that you um will be able to sell some advertising um and uh, support the podcast and be able to do more and bring you um, our best uh, information and and uh, opinions um so i went into this little break um we're gonna get that uh, we're ironed out. Hopefully we can get uh, an engineer in here uh, so that they'll handle all that. So I don't have to, you know, be worrying about making sure queuing stuff up and things like that and getting clips queued up and we can get some researchers in here so that we can do a little um, better on that. But anyway, we're back and I want to thank uh, you guys. So um, we're going to talk about uh, etiquette and manners. And one of the things that, and I had mentioned to you guys before, is I think that our society is becoming coarser. That we are less and less careful about how we present ourselves to other people. Would you agree? I agree. Yeah, I, I, I would have to agree. And so one of the things that... Um, It's the little thing. So, so to me, to me, etiquette is, um, 
is is showing your uh, uh, respect and concern um, for other people, and that's that's the whole point of etiquette. Is that um, so? Like when you enter a room, um, I was always taught that you you're the first one to speak once you enter that room, um, and so. A lot of times people will walk into the room and they won't say anything to anyone. And I don't. So, so anyway, there's those rules. Uh, those, you know, my, my, my minor rules or, or uh, etiquette rules that are designed to make our communications better with each other. And I feel like, uh, you know, we've got situations where you go into a grocery store or you go into the bank and somebody's on their cell phone and they, and they're talking loud or they're interrupting or they're not paying attention. And so the line doesn't move quite as well because, you know, people want to go in, get what they want to get and get out. Um, but they got, they have to maneuver around someone who is, has decided that I don't care what you, what, what's happening in your life. I want to take this phone call. I want to be on this phone call and, and I want to do it right here, right now. And then whatever I choose to do, you'll have to accept because you can't make me get off the phone. You can't make me behave in a rational, um, reasonable manner. So, so I think, um, we've, we've, uh, had a growth in, People not caring how they how their behavior impacts others people's behavior. So you're gonna share uh, you're gonna yeah. share with me, or or because I can go because I this one is a topic that's dear well, to me. I was about to, I was about to say something. Okay, uh, then join me because if you if if you if you wait next time I'm gone. <laughs> if you. If you don't, if you take July to talk, talk, I'm gone. Okay, go ahead. Wanna, I'm sorry. I don't want to just interrupt you while you're talking. I understand. What I was gonna say was my example was like these days you like when my oldest son was now 19, when he was 10 years old, I gave him a party, and we invited an old friend of his over. He didn't participate in anything. He had his little computer game. I mean, his father came and he stayed away from everybody on his little game. Wow. And that's something you could do anytime. Uh, I remember when we were younger, we went somewhere, our parents had made sure we paid attention. And I noticed that these days when you get these kids on their phone or their little computer and you try to get them to do anything else, it's a fight or they go somewhere and you have to make rules like no phone calls at the dinner table. None of this and none of that. And 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 so they're starting this stuff when they're kids. They'll keep it up when they're grown. It'll keep going. Uh, we, we've forgotten uh, as kids, we're not trained to say yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no, sir, no, ma'am. Like I train my kids, you're not grown. So they have no business coming up to Warren and saying, yeah, Warren, what's up? They're supposed to say Mr. Warren. Yeah. Or if they saw your wife, they would say Mrs. Warren, whatever your wife's name is. 
I've never met your wife. Right. So it's you teach kids these things as a kid, and it'll, it'll grow up with most of them. They'll hold it, but you got some that won't, and they'll hit a point where they just gonna do what they want to do, no matter what it is. Yeah, that's true. So, so one of the things that you mentioned was that um, the kids have buried in their technology. Um, which is part of the reason it, um, they're losing um, their connection with people and, and etiquette of using a technological device when other people are nearby. And I'm going to come back to that because um, so one of the articles that I read, a guy talked about what he thought was the cause of, you know, people losing etiquette. And I didn't totally agree with it. But I understood, you know, it's a part, it's, it's a multifaceted problem. So technology is a part. And one of the things that you mentioned was, um, I don't think parents teach their children some of the same things that we taught, we were taught when we were growing up. So, so, you know, I, I'm one of the things that, and, and I'll give you another example. Uh, one of the things that my mother taught me was uh, when you're on a phone call, you don't eat in someone's ear. That was rude. Yeah. Um, because when you're, when you're chewing in someone's ear, they can't understand you. You're talking around your food. You know, don't talk with your mouth full of food, um, especially at the dinner table, because people can't understand you and they have to ask, ask you several times to repeat yourself. Plus, you're making noise in their ear and it slows the ability to communicate. I don't, I don't know. There are so many times and I, and I'm not saying, you know, people don't make mistakes. I, you know, I could be chewing something, the phone rings, I pick it up and I'm trying to answer the call so that I don't lose the person on the phone, but I've got a mouthful of food and I've got to find some way to at least, you know, let this person know, Hey, hold on a second. Let me swallow my food. Um, and so, but, but, but that's not what's happening. What's happening is um, you'll be on the phone with someone and you'll hear them put food in their mouth and chew in your ear. And and I'm like, you know, how, how, how do we, how does, how does that happen? You know, how, how do we ignore that? How do we just do well, that to someone else? Right. Uh, like you say, a key thing is we're not parents are not given a lot of training in this area. When we were kids, it was called home training. That was part of home training. Like you mentioned, Mama teaching you about the food. Mama always taught me when someone give you something, you show yourself appreciative. You say thank you, and you exhibit an attitude of appreciation, even if it's something you don't like. Now, when you get away from them and you're behind them. Then you deal with why you don't like it, what you don't like about it. Like it was a pair of socks and they were a funny company. Uh, we tend not to wear, we tend to be people that don't wear funny color socks. We mostly black socks, brown socks, blue socks, that type of thing. It, but it, it's about training mm -hmm. and it's about, it's about when you get grown, do you have the respect? Like I 
still will say to some guys, yes, just to not just some guys, but guys, yes, sir, or women, yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still do that, mm-hmm. and I'm 55 years old, and I still do that. And then most of the time, I got my kids with me, so I'm exhibiting the behavior I want them to exhibit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we talk about it. I say, there will be a time that daddy's not around. And you got to exhibit respectful behavior because you never know. You could be in some type of meeting with a bunch of people and the person that you choose to be rude to will be the person that could hold their hand out, pull you up and help your career sell or it could continue to struggle. So you never know who you're dealing with. So you have to be careful. I I agree. But, but, but the thing that that is puzzling me is it's just the minor social graces. So so, yeah, if you if you are rude to a potential boss, that's one thing. But why are people rude to, you know, each other in the grocery store? So like you're walking down, the, you're walking down, the, you're walking down the aisle. And the person is their cart is on one side of the aisle. They're standing on the other side of the aisle, so they're taking up the whole aisle. And then you have to say, uh, you know, excuse me, can I get by? Right. Rather than for them to recognize, don't leave my cart anywhere that it's blocking the aisle. I should um, keep my cart with me and uh, um do my shopping and make sure that I am leaving space for someone to get around me and not forcing people to have to talk to me. I'm not saying we shouldn't talk to each other. We, we should. And, but, but why am I forcing people to have to interact with me because I'm taking up too much space? Well, the challenge there is today we have a society that's about getting what's mine, getting my convenience, getting my needs taken care of. And we forget that we inhabit a world of other people. And it's about making sure everybody get their needs met and making sure that everybody gets things. If all it took was for me to have my cart on the same side of the aisle I'm looking and someone else can go by, there you have it. I mean, that's one way to show social graces. Right, but, and so... Uh And so, um, and so there, there are things that we need to do as a society in order to ensure that a a more efficient operation of society. So, so we've got a young lady who's, um, on the phone, uh, you know, in a grocery store, she's decided young lady, old lady, young guy, old guy. I'm not trying to pick on anybody in particular. I'm just, um, probably giving away a secret that, you know, I've encountered this from a young lady, you know, in in my own life. So, so it's not intended to, I'm not intending to pick on anyone in particular. I just think that, um, you know, people don't, like you said, they, it's, it's about me. What do I want? If I'm, if I, if I leave my buggy at a diagonal, at the end of the aisle to walk halfway down the aisle to uh, get something that I forgot. 
um, I don't stop and think, hey, um, there are people who are going to want to come up, get up and down this aisle, and maybe I should put my cart off to the side where it's not in the way of other people, and then walk down the aisle or take the cart with me to go down the aisle to get what I need. Um, and so people have a tendency not to think ahead because they focused on, they're, they're doing too many things. They're trying to do too many things. They want to, they want to talk on the phone. You know, they want to um, look around the store. They want to, you know, just do things. And they're not concentrating on, on every aspect of, you know, what they're, uh, what kind of situation they're causing other people to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So, so like, um, another one of my, my all time favorites, um, and, and this, and this, you know, I, my, my family knows this, um, and, and my friends know this, um, if you are in the car and you call me on the cell phone, I'm not talking to you. I have nothing to say to you. Zip. If you're driving, I have nothing to say to you. I'm done. Call me when you get home. Call me when you get settled. Because distracted driving causes accidents. You may drive distracted for 10 years and never have an accident. It's that one accident that you have with the potential to kill someone because you've got two tons of, of metal and parts and plastic and fiberglass traveling at an accelerated speed. Um, and you don't know if the person that you encounter is a, a, an old feeble person. And, and, you know, to be talking on that phone um, while you're driving is a distraction. And one of the other things, um, which is why I don't talk to people when they drive, is that while you may not have kids in the car with you, someone else driving alongside you or past you does have children in the car. And if they see you doing it and they see their parents doing it, they're going to try to do it. And at a new driver at 17, 18, 20 years old does not have the skill set of someone who's been driving for a while. And they wind up putting other people's lives in danger because they're trying to do what they've seen other people do. And so the question then becomes, do we have a responsibility to one another to moderate our behavior, not just for our children, but for someone else's children? And I say, yes. Now to what degree that is, I mean, you can always ask me, well, um, I like tank tops. Should I then not wear tank tops? Um, because your kid may wear a tank top to some degree. Yes. But to, you know, you have to be intelligent about how you do that. There's a time and a place for tank tops. And if you're doing it in the right time and a place, then no harm is done. We've got, we've got, um, We've got um, stars, we've got uh, celebrities that are practically nude in a public place. And so the question then becomes, is this appropriate? I don't think I'm a prude. 
I don't think I'm against, you know, someone wearing um, clothes that accentuate them, their their assets. I'm not against someone, you know, being able to uh, feel comfortable in their clothing. I I wear a shirt and a tie because I love a shirt and a tie. It 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 feels good because it says something to me about me and i understand that everybody doesn't they're not certain type people i get it um but part of you know i know that part of the things that i do are going to be reflected in the society around me if 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 i'm talking to the clerk at the grocery store mm -hmm. and the clerk says, well, I'm sorry, I can't let you have this item. And I start off with the invectives and I act insane. There's possibly some children around somewhere or even some other adults that look at that and feel vindicated to behave that way also to yell at a clerk. Well, Go ahead. It's about people not caring. I want to get off on what I want, how I want, and, and, and I just don't care. Uh, in the press examples, you're looking at somebody who cares, who cares about their kids, if their kids are who cares about other people's children. And like, you know, we always want to say, it's my right to do this, it's my right to do this. And when I was taught about rights and the Constitution, I was always taught, also taught there is a responsibility. Like we think about the right to vote. Well, there's a responsibility of you keeping up with some kind of news and seeing what the issues are and knowing what it is that you're voting about. Like, you know, I knew the fair tax over here in Illinois wasn't just about a fair tax, all that. They're trying to change it from a flat tax system to a progressive tax system. And I know the promises that the pro-tax people were making will not come to pass. They won't. But you know, you you have to look at that. You have to you have to know something. Uh when businesses have a dress code and we go there and we don't dress that way. And then we're upset when they let us know, no, you're in here against dress code. Like going to school. It had a dress code. When I was in grade school, the women couldn't wear flip-flops to school, open-toed shoes. They couldn't wear tank tops. Men couldn't walk around with their pants sagging and no belt. You were told to go to the bathroom, put that belt up, or you went home. They didn't accept that kind of thing. And it's just about etiquette. Sir, again, we back to sir and man. We back to saying things that are respectful. Uh, I never called a teacher out of her name because we would just talk to respect those. You had a few people that didn't, but they got suspended from school and they got sent home. Uh, Right. So I, so, so yes, um, respect 
you know, what, what is respect? Um, sir and ma'am has almost disappeared. I hear myself say sir and ma'am and Mr. and Mrs. Ms. Um, but I rarely hear that come, come from other people. It's rarely, you know, um, I rarely hear people say, thank you. I rarely hear people say, would you, huh? think that's being really taught now uh you know we learn a lot of those things very young and at home and then they enforce it in schools but right now i don't even know what the schools are doing with the kids as far as marriage goes and i definitely don't see a lot of it being taught in the homes which is where it's well with the schools oh i'm sorry go, mm -hmm, ahead. go ahead that's it's to start at home but then i think the schools should have a way of reinforcing it but if it does, if they don't get the kids with some uh, basic uh, concept of what manners are, it's not going to work. And and well, I'm, with schools, go ahead. You see, with schools, you see, if you say something to a lot of parents, they be up there defending their kids who did wrong. Oh, my baby! Now I know my son don't do that kind of crap and this, that, and the other. Uh. There's rules now. Back when I was in grade school, the, the teachers were allowed to whip you. And I was coming through grade school when they changed the thing saying that teachers and principals can't hit kids anymore. Corporal punishment. I mean, you had kids and you had kids going to school saying, cussing teacher, I said, yeah, I know you can't hit me. It's against the law. Okay, so so they know things. And they act a certain way, just like my my young our younger brother who's dead now, God rest his soul. He had to do he had went through a thing with one of his kids. One of his kids talking about, I'ma have you taken out on the blue. Talking about he'll have some cribs take him out. My, and my brother hit his son and knocked him out. Then his son woke up in the hospital, go, ah, woke up hollering. Because he remember he got knocked out. Well, and the okay. lady from DFS was so, there. So, so what? He said, "Go on about your business." I don't. Okay, <laughs> so the, so the discussion about corporal punishment uh, uh, has so at this particular point, there's no corporal punishment in the school system. Um, right. So, so I, I'm cons so I, I wouldn't necessarily advocate for corporal punishment. Um, but there are other ways to try to garner compliance with, um, you know, uh, etiquette. The, the, I think that the problem is, is that, um, we've, we've prioritized grades over everything else. We've prioritized business and the needs of business over everything else there was a time when etiquette was like you said in schools it was taught it was reinforced parents taught it the schools reinforced it uh, now um because you know the the thing is can we get them in school and can we get them their reading grades up or their reading comprehension that's more important 
than the etiquette aspect. And so our priorities have been adjusted and it's, it's reflected in our society. It's reflected in our lack of, of etiquette. Um, well, the kids, oh, oh. No, as you said, the kids are in a lot of cases not being shown what it is to have a disciplined life, to constantly go after trying to achieve good. And if that behavior is a model for them at home, it's not modeled for them in their neighborhood, where will it be modeled at? Uh, I'm not advocating for cor for corporal punishment, but we got to start coming up with ways for schools to handle children without etiquette than to just say, okay, you take them and you do anything you want. I mean, those lessons have got to be started at home. They have to be. Well, one of the um, things, so one of the things that when you say, you know, where can those things be modeled? It used to be modeled in the schools. It used to be modeled in business. That's where a certain tie comes from. Um, it was to symbolize a certain behavior uh, that is expected from you. Um, it was it was it was modeled in our politics. While there was the occasional punch thrown or um, um, dueling, you know, pistol duel, um, most of it was most of the politicians were uh, supposed to be men of honor, men of integrity, and we've we've gotten away from that. And so this the past presidency, which is what I had a problem with the most, um, ignored those social, those that social behavior to model um, good behavior towards other people. The name calling, the sleepy Joes, the criminal Hillary's, you know, that was all school behavior, schoolyard behavior that years ago we didn't accept from eight-year-olds. And yet, and yet the president of the United States felt that that was acceptable to behave that way in front of everyone's child. Well, the problem with that for me was it wasn't that he did it because Donald, to me, for years, Donald Trump been a buffoon. But that there are a lot of people in this country that support it, him and his behavior. They thought, well, we got to get us somebody that's not a typical politician. We got to get us somebody that won't just do the same thing that'll be different. And what a lot of these people don't realize, you don't get to be a multi-billion dollar person unless you know how to navigate some politics. A businessman, Ross Perot, had to learn the same thing. You have to navigate some politics to get to that point. I'm glad you mentioned and Ross Perot. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I 
I was just saying, cause, cause you know, that was his big thing. Well, I'm this multi-million billion dollar businessman. Uh, now just one of my favorite quotes by that George Bush was saying how much they lost money, the federal government lost money and Ross Perot don't have any experience. And Ross Perot said, you're right. I'm a billionaire. My experience is in making money and not losing money. And that shit, George Father Bush up for the time, but Ross Carroll couldn't, what he couldn't handle when they attacked his family, like Donald Trump just did with Joe Biden. Joe Biden handled it cool and really, and just said, here's what my son did. My son had some problems, but he went to counseling. He took care of it. He got on the straight and narrow. And my other son wasn't a sucker and loser. He served in the military. He answered his call. And Joe Biden was real cool compared to Robert Perot. He almost went crazy when they started talking about his family. And he didn't understand that's talking about your family is one of the old tricks of politics. If they can't get to you, they'll go to your family. Did you have something, to Warren? No, not really. I mean, you know, it's we, we're in, uh, in the Trump era, you know, everything turned upside down and the things that he did and got away with uh i think as most of us are still in shock about and uh i guess the question is where do we go from here you know what are gonna what are the new norms going to be moving forward what's going to be acceptable and what's not as far as behavior okay so i'm i'm glad so two two points real quick um, I'm glad Leonard brought up Ross Perot because I was going to bring him up. Ross Perot, so so the 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 selling point supposedly on Donald Trump was he wasn't a politician. Right. Ross Perot also was not a politician, but he didn't act like Donald Trump. He was a professional. When he spoke. He spoke like a professional. He carried himself professionally. Like you would expect someone who's in a boardroom controlling a multi-million dollar company would act. Not name calling, not, I mean, even Ross Perot had that old folksy, folksy way about him as he talked. You know, he, he didn't talk like a politician he didn't act like a politician, but you could see he was able to carry himself in a conversation as an adult. And then secondly, um, Joe Biden, while people are frustrated and angry with the traditional politician, the reason that the traditional politician became the traditional politician was because it cut down on um, duels. One candidate called- Step huh? away for a minute. Okay, no problem. Uh, so um, one candidate, you know, challenging another candidate to a gun duel um, and, and killing him, you know, um, that kind of behavior, that kind of, um, you know, talking with respect towards another person, whether you like them or not, was uh, a great part of um, 
our politics becoming better. Um, the past four years have shown that um, people are willing to go back towards that direction of talking to each other in anger and animosity and lacking respect, lacking dignity, um, and lacking decorum. And so I was disappointed, like, you know, you pointed out that, you know, half the country uh, still supported Donald Trump and we're gonna still have to deal with those people. Um, the, the Mitch McConnell's and the um, Lindsey Graham's um, to me are, are allowing the coarseness of uh, non-etiquette behavior to creep back into politics to where if we keep down that path, one day we'll be like some third world countries where um, people get into a disagreement and then they start throwing blows instead of throwing knowledge. And I really hate to see that, but sometimes maybe, you know, um, you have to revisit something in order for you to realize it wasn't where you wanted to be in the first place. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, back to what you were saying about the uh, knowledge versus blows and, and of uh, we're up to the point where, uh, for example, uh, the um, the Biden bus going down the highways and, and Trump's people come and try to uh, run and ram the bus or just pretty much uh, terrorize them. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, that's just playing a little bit. That's back to almost like challenging them to a duel or something. Right. You know, what are they going to have a next? Right. Right. And that's, and that's, so we, we had the, um, uh, so we had the, the performances where, um, you know, people, uh, claimed that they couldn't get into certain meetings and you know blaming one side or the other because uh they they didn't feel like they had a chance to speak up um you know the whole mitch mcconnell thing with um you know uh, not allowing a vote to come up on merrick garland but then you know and then doing something uh, to allow Abby, I think her name was Abby. Amy. Amy. Amy Coney Barrett. Amy Coney Barrett. And then allowing, you know, that, you know, how, how do people um, maintain their decorum to continue to maintain their decorum when you abuse them in such a way? You, you don't understand what I'm saying? That was, that was abusive. Yeah. That was, I don't care what you think is right. I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm going to use the system that you are a part of to get it done. 
and that's what they that's what they did. And that is uh, what they did. Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell held up Merrick Garland's wouldn't even give him a hearing. He rushed Amy Coney and Barrett through in two weeks. But during all this time, since May of this year, they had a uh, a bill on his desk that the House already passed to help all these people. And he let it sit there since May, but all of a sudden we got to rush this Supreme Court justice through. Uh, Donald Trump wanted in case he lost the election by vote he could bring it up and get it to the Supreme Court and they could put him in the presidency like they did Al Gore, like they did George Bush back in 2000. He thought the Supreme Court or the courts would come in and stop the vote count like they did with Gore against Gore in Florida. So, um, go ahead. So, so no, we've got three minutes left, and for the last three minutes, I want to um, focus in on what you think are some of the causes for our lack of um, etiquette towards one another. I know this. You you mentioned one one thing you mentioned was selfishness. Selfishness. Yeah. I mean, that's the root cause. You got to believe in yourself that it's good to be respectful and etiquable, etiquette and exercising that toward other people. When you have determined that you're going to do things your way, no matter what, no matter how, then you lose it. You lose it. And I think it goes back to self. Yeah, we could talk about training and all that, but once you get, especially once you become an adult, you choose how you're going to act toward other people. You choose what you're going to accept and not accept. You make the choice. Okay. And so a uh, writer, Kay Cooper Ray, well, one of the other things that you mentioned was technology. Um, you know, with technology, now you can take a phone call in the, in the back, in the front seat of a car, uh, and a, a moving vehicle of what you're operating. And so people focus more on the technology than on the etiquette of using the technology. Uh, they go to a coffee shop um, because they can take a phone call right in line. They they do, they take that phone call when the, the barrister is asking them, what would you like to order? You know, they're gonna hold up a finger because they wanna uh, say something on this phone call. And so, right. you know, that then there is a break in decorum. It's a break in etiquette. Uh, so there's technology. And I actually think one of the biggest, um, uh, oh, so this writer, I, I said his name was uh, Kay, let me see, Kay Cooper Ray uh, from Charleston. He said, uh, transportation, you know, that because, because we no longer um, because we can, we're more mobile society. Because we can move around more. Um, that people don't build up friendships. They don't build up relationships like they used to, and so the breakdown of those neighborhood and family relationships over years is why people don't connect with other people and don't um, uh, care about, uh, you know, 
the social graces because the social graces are about caring about someone else's feelings. And if we don't have a connection with that person, you know, he's, he tends to believe that we're not going to make, you know, concessions to care about that person. And then my, my option or my thought is um, we had a boon in uh, teenage pregnancies. And I'm not just talking about black teenage pregnancies. There was a bunch of white teenage pregnancies. Um, and with the boon in teenage pregnancies, uh, you can't teach what you don't know, what you haven't learned yet. And a lot of those teenagers uh, had not learned the etiquette to teach their children. And then my final is we are a multicultural society. We have people moving in from everywhere in the world. Some Middle Eastern countries, it's okay to throw shoes at each other uh, as a expression of your distaste. And when you bring those, those type of behaviors with you, it impacts the community that you're in. And so I think that we have several um, factors that are pushing against um, etiquette in our society. And, and I think we really need to focus more in on that because it's, it's, it's easier to get things done when we respect other people. And like you got, both of you guys have pointed out, we don't respect each other. We don't. Respect. Huh? And then the other thing I wanted to add was question of race when people do inappropriate behavior like you know these rude inappropriate phone calls at the wrong time wrong place a lot of times there's no consequence so they just do it and get away with it so you know how do we stop them when they know there's really you know little consequence and they they have no shame so that's not an issue all right Last comments, and then we're out. Uh, Leonard, you got any? We got to get back to respecting each other. And when we're at the point that we get to choose, make the choice to respect other people. Make the choice. Warren? Yeah, uh, that was a great point, Leonard. But my question is, what causes people to respect one another? How do we get to the point where we want to be respectful of one another. I think a lot of that has to do with your upbringing, then a lot of it is affected by the environment that we're in. But I think we need to start off at least trying to teach that type of uh, respect in the home. But once we get out in the real world, it's a challenge. Because then when people don't respect you, some people are gonna flip the script and you know they're gonna throw that respect out for the other person too. So it's not an easy thing, you know? Okay. So my last comments, my comments are, um, uh, etiquette needs to come back. We need to find a way as Americans to make sure that we are respecting one another as both these gentlemen have said, and hopefully it starts today. Um, that's it for the show today. I want to thank everybody for joining us. We'll be back next Saturday. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment, and thank you for listening. 
This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you. <laughs>